it's game over for Mario. Good evening, everyone. I'm TJ Perry Moonves, and welcome to Big Brother Coaches Edition. It's day 19 in the Big Brother house, and we've had a first. Mario has removed himself from the game as he kept building ladders in the backyard, climbing over the wall, and eliminating himself from the game. Tonight, another house guest will see his crystal ball dreams come crashing down. But first, yes, this is the dumbest open yet. Live from the Palace on the Prairie, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show 2022 Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by criminal defense attorney Carter Jennings. Get the defense you deserve with Carter Jennings Law, 405-659-7221, or visit carterjenningslaw.com. Now, with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Mario Cristobal. For those who are, are uh, a little loud in the... Uh... <laughs> So Miami was uh, our number one. Yeah. Uh, to that texture last week, yes, I, I cashed that one. In. <laughs> cashed that, one in. that was great. You kidding me? Little, Mar little Luigi and Mario. Um, I haven't played Mario Kart in a while. That sounds fun. All right, we're into the top ten, Teach. Let's remind people from whence we have come. Um, I don't want to play 15 fight songs, but I might. I might want to hear three or four here today. Do you have them in front of you, Teach? I've got some, so if you want one, just say, and if I've got it loaded, okay. I'll play it, or I can try well, to get to it quickly. Well, hit me with 25. Let's, get, let's just get it started with 25. Get the ball rolling here. All right, way back uh, three weeks ago, our 25th-ranked team was Nebraska. People are getting excited about that uh, Nebraska game, Teach. I was talking to my dad about that last night. Uh, I think he might try to come up and watch that Nebraska game. How about that? Then we had K-State at 24, Ole Miss 23, Arkansas 22, uh, hit me with number 21, TJ. I always like hearing uh, number 21 there. Rocky Top, Tennessee came in at number 21. Mark Stoops in Kentucky were our 20th ranked team. We Maybe we should pump him up a little bit after him uh, going after John Calipari. I really respect that. USC 19, Texas 18, Wisconsin 17, Oregon 16. We had the Pokes at 15. North Carolina State. Much to TJ's chagrin, made their debut in the countdown at number 14. Baylor, 13. Auburn, 12. And then hit me with uh, number 11 there, TJ. Our last team on our countdown we had on uh, last Thursday would have been the fight song of the Miami Hurricanes. There, They were our 11th ranked team under first-year head coach Mario Cristobal. Came from Oregon. We'll see if he can uh, make his way into an ACC championship game this year. I think he's got a chance against Clemson, which brings us to today. The number 10 ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... Run! Run! The LSU Tigers come in at number 10. What are you screaming? Telling people to run. Fans may be coming around the corner. Back-to-back <laughs> -back first year head coaches as uh, Brian Kelly in maybe the strangest fit of all the coaching changes this offseason takes over at LSU. He has been very awkward since taking over, trying to speak suddenly with a Cajun accent, uh, dancing awkwardly with recruits, and... Uh, now we're going to see if he can coach football still. 
He obviously um, made the controversial move from Notre Dame, maybe college football's most historic program, to LSU. And he said it was because he wanted to coach the very best players with the very best resources in the very best conference. Uh, LSU's been terrible, Teach, since they won the championship, since that beatdown they put on the Sooners in Georgia, that magical year with Joe Burrow. The last two seasons, they've had a losing record, 11-12. and 12. And Ed Orgeron uh, went nuts. Uh, that story is not worth revisiting, but they gave him the boot, and they bring in Brian Kelly, who has done a, well, he has done a lot of work. We'll see whether it was good work or not, trying to restock the cupboards. They have been very active in the transfer portal. Let's start on offense. Uh, can't wait next hour to talk to Chris Blair, their play-by-play voice, because they've got quite the battle going on to see who the starting quarterback's going to be. Miles Brennan is still there. Sixth-year senior. Hasn't played since 2020 due to injuries. Uh, We'll see if he can win the job. He's the vet. I think it'll be Jaden Daniels, Arizona State, former Arizona State starter. Had some very good games for ASU. They brought him in in the transfer portal. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, redshirt freshman. And then they have uh, Walker Howard, another freshman who has been highly thought of. They're battling it out. Uh, my my guess is Jaden Daniels wins the job, but we'll see. Um, whoever it is has a good offensive line, maybe the best wide receiver in the conference, and a very good running back around him. Kayshawn Bout is fantastic at wideout. John Emery Jr., uh, very good running back. He's back this year. And a uh, an offensive line that can move people. The question's quarterback. That's not a little question. It's a big one. But that's the question on offense for LSU because the rest of the skill positions and on the O-line, they should be very good. Defensively, they should be very good as well. Uh, B.J. Odlajari, linebacker, outstanding pass rusher. Uh, They got Ali Gay back. He's a senior this year. They thought he was going to go to the NFL. He decided to return. Defensive lineman, Mason Smith, Micah Baskerville. Their front seven is stout. Mike Jones Jr.'s back. They're going to be very difficult up front to move the ball on the ground against. And in the defensive backfield, they got a couple of returning starters in Jay Ward and Major Burns. And one of the guys they went to give them some depth back there is the OSU uh, starter last year, Jarek Bernard, Bernard Converse who transferred to LSU this year. So they will be solid, uh, probably north of solid defensively. Schedule-wise, should start 4-0. and They've got an interesting opener against Florida State, but they should win that game, especially considering it's in New Orleans. Florida State, not in the top 25, still trying to get their feet under them. Then they've got Southern Mississippi State and New Mexico all at home. So LSU should be 4-0 and when the schedule turns tough. Difficult run from there. Auburn at home. Tennessee, or excuse me, Auburn at Auburn. Tennessee at home. 
Florida at Florida, Ole Miss at home, Alabama at home, Arkansas at Arkansas, a break with UAB, and then Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Okay, so here's what I think about LSU, Teach. I think they are not as good as uh, Alabama and Texas A&M on their side of the conference. I think they probably are the next best team there. But it'll be a dogfight between them. I think they're a little better than Arkansas, but they got to go play them in Fayetteville this year. I think they're a little better than Ole Miss. I think they're definitely better than Mississippi State. Even that Tennessee game, you know, could be uh, interesting. I think LSU is the third best team in the West. They are good at all positions, except we don't know what they are at quarterback. That's a huge question mark. So I think a nine and three team, nine and three, they're going to lose the Alabama and uh, Texas A and M games, probably. But and they'll lose one more somewhere along the way. Somebody will trip them up. But I think LSU is a nine and three team, first year under Brian Kelly. Too high, too low, or just right? That's how I feel when you ask me that question with them. It it should be just right. I just have a hard time seeing this Brian Kelly thing work there. But going back to the last coach, I would have said there's not a coach that would fit better with a program than Ed Ogeron did with, and he got him a title, but the way it completely fell apart. So maybe this will mesh beautifully, and it just was a rough start. Um, and as they go through this process, he, you know, becomes a legend there and wins a title or two. So I just have trouble thinking he's going to work out there. So I'm going to say just right, but I feel like I want to say too high because I think there's potential for a train wreck here in a 5-6 loss season. And all of a sudden he's on the hot seat after one year and fans are yelling he doesn't fit with us, his personality doesn't fit. But maybe that's what's going to work about it, you know. So I'm going to say just right, but have an uneasy feeling saying that. It's the most awkward fit yeah, in it college is. football. It is. There is definitely the possibility that this goes terribly wrong. Like you look at the other new coaches around college football this year. Mario Cristobal at Miami, great fit, right? Seems that way so far. Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Even Lincoln Riley as a West Coast guy, you could see it. You might not right. like it, but it feels like a good fit, right? It's the fit he wants, absolutely. Uh, what's the uh, what's the new guy's name up at Notre Dame? Dad Gummit. Uh, uh, Freeman. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Freeman. Freeman. Good fit. Yes, absolutely. This is the one you look at and you go, really? Brian Kelly, LSU? Ah, it feels like a weird. money grab by him because he, he – Obviously got a uh, significant bump in salary because right. otherwise you're a really good coach at a historic place that you did. Why fit. leave Notre Dame? Why leave Notre Dame? Yeah. I don't know. I, I completely respect your thought that there is the possibility this goes south because of the fit. Talent wise, they got talent. Sure, and they always have, they always will. I mean, that's the thing. Like I said, you've got them right. They're a top-ten team, should be every yeah. year. Right. Talent-wise, they're a top-ten team, but they have two glaring question marks, quarterback and head coach. 
<laughs> Those are two kind of important things. Kind of important. Kind of, and they might be fine. That's the thing. True. Like they yeah, might, I mean, he's a great coach, so. He might be fine, and they might have a quarterback. Like, the Arizona State kid is a really good player. I think he's going to win the job. We'll see. We're going to talk to Chris Blair, play-by-play voice of the Bayou Bengals, coming up at the 8 o'clock hour. LSU at 10. We'll be back. All right, let's talk some LSU football now with Chris Blair, play-by-play voice of the LSU Tigers. They open the season with Florida State down in New Orleans. Chris, good morning. How are you today? Toby, doing well. Hope you are as well. I'm doing good. It is uh, quickly approaching football season, as you well know, my friend. So we're trying to get everybody educated up on all the contenders this year. And, man, do you have an interesting team going into this season. Let's start with uh, Brian Kelly. What has been your interaction so far, and, and how has the fit been in your in your eye down there in Baton Rouge for him? <laughs> well, he has been uh... – you know, I think he's fit in rather nicely. I mean, I think there was, uh, obviously, as anybody who pays attention to the sport realized, there was a lot of hubbaloo uh, after he was named head coach, and it seemed to send shockwaves to the national media. How could this happen? Um, and I remember very early on, after you know being around him, being with him at certain events, uh, well before spring football started, everybody started the notion of, well, you know, to fit in in South Louisiana here at LSU, you got to win. Uh, nothing else really matters. Um, so, you know, from I think from a standpoint inside the LSU fan base, there's not really been a question as to whether or not Coach would fit in. I think what they've seen uh, since then, following spring football and following the recruiting trail and now headed into fall camp and, and what's taken place so far is that they are, you know, very happy, very excited about the process, and that's something Coach Kelly talks about a lot. He's, he's got a system, and the system has worked everywhere he has been, and you know, he told us early on, it's, it's not going to change because I'm here at LSU. It's not going to change because I'm in the SEC. The, these are proven principles that seem to work, and we're going to apply them here. And uh, I can tell you, spending time in the football operations center, you know, when you're, when you're in there, everybody you see and everybody who's moving, walking down a hall, going into an office, there is such a sense of purpose to what they're doing. They, they, they just, nobody's just goofing off. And, uh, I think they've all bought into the system. And that includes the players as well, which, as you know, is the most important constituency to buy in. I'm, I, uh, I've been asked this question a lot. We've got a uh, new head coach uh, in our neck of the woods as well this year in Brent Venables. But in your position so far with what you've done, could you compare and contrast kind of uh, Ed Orgeron and Brian Kelly? Uh, and I'm not asking you for, to disparage anybody, but just to kind of how they went about their business, how they communicate. What's the difference you've noticed so far between the two? Well, I think it's really comes down to, you know, how they operate day to day. And, you know, obviously there wouldn't be any disparaging um, simply because Ed Ogeron brought LSU a, a national championship in 2019. Um, they have completely different styles. And, you know, as I said, it, it seems like, you know, it, it was more kind of player centric, I think, under Ed Ogeron in those five years. Uh, not to say there wasn't discipline, not to say there wasn't some system in place, but it always seemed to be the, the players kind of, you know, were able to do some guys. It, put it this way. You hear coaches a lot of times say that, you know, you have to, to coach guys differently. You have to learn those guys. 
I think with Coach O, it was simply whatever makes the guy happy, whatever gets him to perform his best uh, on Saturday, uh, we're good with. I think Coach Kelly's more into the development of not just the football player, but, but the human being. So I've heard some of the players actually say there were things early on under Coach Kelly we couldn't figure out what it had to do with football. And frankly, it had nothing to do with football. It had to do with daily habits. And Coach Kelly is a big believer. Everybody on his staff is a big believer that every little thing you do, there's nothing minute in your day, whether it's off the field, whether it has anything to do with football or not, there's a certain way about going and doing those things. And, and that, to me, is a little different. I think you, you see players responding and behaving in a very similar way. That's not to say that, you know, Coach Kelly tells people all the time, it's not, this is the rule, there's no, there's no gray area. There's a lot of gray. But it's more about doing the same things every day. Um, and then, as a result, you, you'll see improvement in every aspect of your life. So I think there's a little more of a system in place as opposed to just being football-centric 24-7. Fascinating. Um, how do you handicap the quarterback race at this point? You know, it's interesting. Coming out of spring football, Toby, I think each guy could make an, you know, a claim that they had a great spring and had every opportunity to compete and win the starting job in the fall. And I had a lot of people ask me, that quarterback room is crowded. No way they all stay. And you just got a sense that they all felt like they had unfinished business going into preseason camp. It wasn't as if somebody had a horrible spring and was, oh, easily the third or fourth string quarterback. I I just got a sense that it was still up in the air. Uh, And now we're two weeks into preseason camp, and I I don't know if we have any more answers than we did before starting camp. You can go in and take a look at practice and say, well, this guy took more reps than the other. This guy's repping what we assume will be the first string. Uh, But then the next day, those reps change and go to somebody else. Um, You know, depends on what day. Uh, If you'd have asked me Friday, a lot of people would tell you, you know, Jake Daniels, the transfer, is the number one in the clubhouse. You know, last middle of last week, somebody would have told you, you know, Miles Brennan had the best two days in in preseason camp. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, of course, has been a little banged up, nothing serious, but he's been held out of reps just simply to, to get him back to full strength. So, again, very hard to handicap uh, outside of what I think are the top three. Now, Walker Howard is a true freshman. I think he's going to be a phenomenal quarterback here. But I also think he's doing the wise thing, which is he's got some you know grizzly veterans in front of him, and I think he's going to learn this season and, and then really try to make his jump next year so i think he's 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 on the right pace but the other three you know ask me tomorrow it may be different who i think is the leader (laughs) is there a stylistic difference in them or are they all three the same player it's just a matter of who does it better no a little bit of different skill set you know i think you know daniels is a little more mobile uh, as a quarterback miles brennan is uh, again your typical drop back passer um i'm not going to say he's he's not fleet of foot but it's just not his style. He's going to hang in there. He'll move the pocket, extend the pocket, and, and try to find a receiver, whereas Daniels can easily drop it down and you know try to pick up plays, uh, pick up yards for you in a given play. Uh, and I think Garrett Nussmeyer is similar to Daniels in the sense that he also uh, is not afraid to tuck and run as well. So, you know, I think you're looking at Nussmeyer, who was thrown in uh, to a couple of positions last year um, by necessity. Um, 
and so he doesn't have a ton of experience. Miles Brennan has been in the program for a long, long time. Uh, he had to sit behind Joe Burrow for a couple of years. Then he's been battling injury the last two seasons. And he's got starting experience, but not a ton of it. And then you look at a guy like Jaden Daniels who transfers in. You know, he's got more game experience. But they're all three a little bit different. Um, you could probably break down the differences in their arm strength, their arm style, who's got a better long ball, who throws it better, you know, into the flat. So it's not as if they just have one prototype and who's playing better. Uh, and this is an offense, if you've watched Coach Kelly in the last five or six years at Notre Dame, had gone from a kind of throw it around the field to a little more of a balanced offense. And, you know, just reading between the lines, listening to the coaching staff, they talk about wanting to be very balanced offensively, and that really helps when you've got a mobile quarterback who can be part of the run game. We'll see if that's the deciding factor when they name a starter for the Florida State game. Uh, it may not. Coach Kelly tends to back away from that, not putting himself in a box, at least during the press conferences. Uh, but when you look at what they've done offensively, all, they have always had over the last several years at Notre Dame uh, a quarterback who you had to at least respect could run the ball and pick up yards. I'm glad you went there. I was gonna. We'll get you out of here on this one. Thanks for your time, Chris. We appreciate it. But I think there was only one coach that uh, is a holdover from the old staff. Is that right? Brad Davis, is he the only one that was still around from the Orgeron staff? Correct. Yeah. Um not stylistically, but LSU under less miles, a lot of three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, old school SEC football. Then you had the Joe Burrow team that won the championship that threw it all over the place. They were electric. And now you bring in Brian Kelly, and we've all seen what he's done at Notre Dame. You mentioned balanced offense. Is that what you expect him to look like now that he's got theoretically access to better athletes? Do you think he'll air it out more? I mean, what is kind of the LSU anticipation for how they're going to look different on the field under Brian Kelly? I guess on both sides of the ball. I guess conventional wisdom, Toby, would tell you that, you know, coming into this season, the wide receiver room probably is the most talented outside of maybe the defensive line uh, as far as skill players, as far as experience. Obviously, the receiver is led by Kayshawn Booty. Um, but they've got a number of guys who really in 2020 and 2021 – were, were kind of thrown into the mix and got a ton of reps and got a lot of experience, again, by necessity. Uh, so all of those guys are back. So I, I think you're trying to find the right quarterback who can deliver the football to the playmakers, who I think in 2022 are going to come from the outside, either in the slot or as a wideout. Um, and that's not taking anything away from the running backs. I just think there are more question marks in the running game because you've got John Emery, who was highly heralded coming out of high school. He's been nagged by injury and some off-the-field stuff. He finally looks like he's ready to go, but you know we'll finally see if he lives up to that expectation. Uh, Noah Kane transferred in from Penn State in the running back position. Uh, he's had a really good preseason so far. But, again, I just think when Coach Kelly talks about, as most coaches do, putting the guys in position to make plays, I think he's got more options at the wide receiver position, which tells me I think it'll be not a pass first, maybe not even a pass-heavy offense, but I think the balance is going to tilt more towards the passing game this year. Now, when you look at what he's done on the recruiting trail the last four to five, six weeks, he's got some really highly touted running backs. So I think in the future, he'd like to have it more balanced, uh, where you can line up at the line of scrimmage, which you have to be able to do in the SEC, 
and effectively run the football. But in 2022, I'll be stunned. Again, all dictated and predicated on what happens in that running back room and the offensive line, by the way. But I think he's got more weapons on the outside and down the field, uh, which, again, he's no stranger to, especially his days at Cincinnati. I just think over time when he gets all of his weaponry in, it will be more balanced. I just don't know if they're there in 2022. Great insight. It's a Sunday night opener for LSU. They get Florida State on that opening weekend in the Superdome. Chris Blair, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you have a great season. You too, Toby. Hope to see you soon and uh, should be a great season and it's great to have college football coming back. All right. See you, buddy. All right. LSU football insight from their play-by-play voice, Chris Blair. Year one of the Brian Kelly era starts with a showdown with the Seminoles on Sunday night, September 4th. We'll be back.